Hey guys, I just kind of wanted to share with y'all a little story from Luke 5 today. And we've been in this friendship series talking about what it looks like kind of to do friendship and what it looks like to respond to different friendships and different conflicts and uh, the kind of friend you should look for. And something I think that's really important is to look at the kind of friend that we are. And not just to be looking at our friends and be like, okay, well, how is this friendship? And evaluating that, but also evaluating the kind of friend that we are in that friendship. And so when I read this story in Luke 5, I just knew I had to share it with y'all because I was like, this really challenged and made me evaluate the kind of friend that I was. And so I'm going to read from Luke 5, 17 um, through 26, and then I'll explain afterwards kind of what it means. And if you want to, you can pause this and read in your Bible and just read Luke 5, 17 through 26 and just kind of read it yourself and then maybe read the commentary if you want and then come back to this as kind of maybe like a devotional or however you kind of want to treat this. But I'm going to give you kind of the opportunity. And um, for those of you who maybe can't read it right now or you're like, I just would rather have it explained to me or read to me, then I'm going to go ahead and read it right now. So Luke 5, 17. On one of those days while he was teaching, Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there who had come from every village of Galilee and Judea and also from Jerusalem. And the Lord's power to heal was in him. Just then some men came, carrying on a stretcher a man who was paralyzed. They tried to bring him in and set him down before him. Since they could not find a way to bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on the stretcher through the roof tiles into the middle of the crowd before Jesus. Seeing their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. Then the scribes and the Pharisees began to think to themselves, who is the man speaking? Who is this man who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But perceiving their thoughts, Jesus replied to them, what are you thinking in your hearts? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and walk? But so that you may know the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he told the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your stretcher, and go home. Immediately, he got up before them, picked up what he had been lying on, and went home glorifying God. Then everyone was astounded, and they were giving glory to God, and they were filled with awe and said, we have seen incredible things today. And so I'm going to go ahead and explain this because some of you are like, what in the world? And so basically what happened was Jesus, this is kind of by the time he was starting to become popular, people were realizing that he was the son of God. And so all of these people were gathering from everywhere. It says Judea, Jerusalem, Galilee, all of these people, especially Pharisees and people who wanted to teach the law, they were all gathering in these places that Jesus was, teach, Jesus was teaching and they just wanted to listen to him and they just wanted to see what he was about, kind of almost judge him in a sense, a lot of commentary says, and they just wanted to hear what he had to say. And some people also want to just evaluate if he was the son of God. And so they had, Jesus had these huge crowds following him. And at the time, pretty much everyone knew that he was performing all of these miracles, that these, this crazy healings were happening. And everyone was pretty much getting curious. And some, and some people knew that their God had came and that their God was in the form of Jesus and that he was healing people and that they were jumping up in joy and faith. And so what's so cool is that there were four men who were men who believed in God and knew that he had come and knew the power that he had to heal. And so these four men had a friend that was paralyzed. And what it says is it says that these four men came 
to this huge crowd that Jesus was speaking to, they came and they tried, they put their paralyzed friend on a stretcher and they, in faith, because they wanted their friend to get healed so badly, they brought him on a stretcher through this crowd to try and get to Jesus. Wow. (laughs) Right there, before we go even any further, how many people would actually do that for their friend? Like how many people are willing to bring their friend, maybe to even the doctor when they're sick? Or, I mean, I'm even saying this myself, like how willing am I whenever my friends get sick or they're hurting or maybe they're depressed or they're anxious, like how willing am I to take them to Jesus? Like these four friends, they knew that Jesus had the power to heal. So what do they do? They put their paralyzed friend on a stretcher and they said, we are going to heal you. Like we're going to get you to the healer of all healings. And I just think that's so cool. And I just kind of want to stop right there for a second. And I think it's something that's almost kind of funny that we forget that as believers, as friends, like we have the power to not just like sympathize and empathize with our friends. Like we have the power to bring them to Jesus, who is the ultimate healer of them physically, emotionally, spiritually. Like we have that amazing blessing to get to do. And my question to myself was, am I doing that? When my friends come to me with struggles and anxieties and depression and just frustrations of life, like, am I bringing them to Jesus? And notice how it wasn't like in a prideful way. Like they just wanted him to be healed so bad. Like they didn't do it because of they thought that they would get anything from it. Like they just wanted to do it because they saw their friend was struggling that was paralyzed and they wanted a life of freedom for him. And I just think that that is so cool. And that's a question that I really had to ask myself is like, am I bringing my friends to Jesus? Like, am I, when they're healing, when they're hurt, I think a lot of times when someone, one of our friends maybe requires a little bit more um, help from us and maybe they need a little bit more because they're going through a time of struggle, we almost like back off entirely. Like whenever a friend's struggling, like we kind of are like, oh, like they're struggling, you know, like I don't really like, like they might not want to come to this because they're kind of like hurting and their boyfriend broke up with them. So they might not want to come to this. So like, let's just not invite them. Like we almost like kind of like stray away whenever our friends seem to be hurting. And I know some of y'all are like, well, no, I like go after them if they do. Like that's awesome. But I think that sometimes when there's like a real deep pain there maybe you don't understand the kind of pain they're going through like their parents are getting divorced and like so instead of like talking about it or like trying to help them or heal them or like even just have like any sort of ask them how they're doing we just like almost completely avoid it and what I think is so cool is like that these four men did not avoid the fact that this man was paralyzed and that he wasn't living in freedom they wanted him to be healed they believed so badly for the healing of him They wanted their friend to be healed so badly that since they could not find a way to bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on the stretcher through the roof tiles into the middle of the crowd before Jesus. So these men, they couldn't make it through the crowd with their paralyzed friend, and so they wanted him so badly to be free that they went onto the roof, removed tiles, and lowered him in so that way he could be before Jesus and be healed. And what I learned for this is 
I learned the beauty of being a persistent or in other words, a consistent friend, a friend that is consistently faithful. And I realized that this is the kind of friend that I want to be. I don't want to just be faithful friend whenever my friend makes it to Jesus for healing and she's healed from her anxiety or healed for her depression. Like I want to be a consistent and faith-filled friend whenever she hasn't made it there yet. And the consistency and the faith-filled friend is built from the times where we have to maybe go on the rooftops and remove some tiles and lower our friends through Jesus to Jesus. And it's not by us that this work will be done, but it is by the Lord. And what's so cool about the beauty of a consistent, faith-filled friend is this. It says at the very end, it talks about some things with some Pharisees, but we're not going to get into all of that and their opinions because that's just a completely different topic. But at the very end, it said, immediately he got up before them, picked up what he had been lying on, and went home glorifying God. Then everyone was astounded. Everyone was astounded, it says, y'all. Everyone that was watching. Think about that crowd that was so big that could, they could not get their friend through and that they could not make it through. All of these people saw this. Then everyone was astounded, and they were giving glory to God. And, then they, were, and they were filled with awe and said, We have seen incredible things today. Because of the faith, because of the consistency of the faith-filled friends, and them saying, I'm not going to give up. It literally makes me cry. But I'm not going to give up on my friend on being healed. From the entire crowd was able to say, we have seen incredible things today. That is what happens, y'all, whenever we are consistent, faith-filled friends. People see some pretty incredible things. And it might not always be a miraculous healing. But what they do see is a crazy and miraculous picture of love. I guarantee that people were probably crying and seeing incredible things and glorifying the Lord because of this man being healed. But I bet that they were also glorifying the Lord because they were probably so encouraged and inspired by these four men's four men's faith to bring their friend there. So what does this look like practically in real life? And what, how do I do this with my friends? Like how I don't have a friend that's very, maybe paralyzed and I can't bring him on the stretcher and Jesus is no longer walking in it's the human form and all, all around me and I can't bring my friends to Jesus. Well, you know what you can do is with those friends that maybe they're not paralyzed, but they have their own struggle of maybe anxiety, depression. Those are just ones that are really on my heart. That's why I keep saying them. Um, maybe they're really dealing with anger or frustration or bitterness or maybe they're dealing a lot with their health and they're just really feeling like they're just at the end of just fighting or maybe they just feel hopeless. Whatever maybe your friends are struggling with, like one, take the time to figure out like what they're struggling with. I think that obviously these friends knew that this their friend was struggling with his paralysis. And I think that it's so important to know what our friends are struggling with. Like in order to be a consistent and a faith-filled friend, we need to know what we need to be faithful for with our friends. Does that make sense? In order to be a consistent and faith-filled friend, we need to know what we need to have faith for for our friends. You know, we need to know, is it peace that we need to have faith for them in their lives? Is it healing that we need to have faith for in their lives? We need to know what we need to have faith for, what we need to be praying for them for. I think the second way to become more like these consistent, faith-filled friends is the consistency part. So we know what we're going to have faith for the first it's so like now it's our time to for the consistency part to come in. It's really simple. It's really checking up on them, maybe inviting them to different things, 
to inviting them to maybe it's a Bible study, maybe it's sending them a podcast, like not just, even if they don't come, like the 10 times you invite them, even if they don't listen to the podcast, the five times you send it, it just takes one time that they do for them to be coming closer to Jesus and for their healing to be a step closer. I think we need to be willing to set aside our pride and text them the sixth podcast or ask them to go to Bible study the 11th time and not make it so much about ourselves when our friends are struggling, but be willing to give them grace in a season of struggle and say, you know what? I know that what you're going through is not you. The way you're reacting is not you. The struggles that are happening are not you. And I'm going to be consistently faithful for you. But not only that, but I'm going to put aside my pride and I'm going to keep asking and keep on loving on you. And notice how when I talk about being a consistent friend um, and a persistent friend, I'm talking about like inviting your friends and helping them and bringing them healing um, to Jesus, like not being afraid to put aside your pride when things like that maybe aren't going as you expected. Um, But what I don't mean is maybe when your friends are really hurting you or saying horrible things, like that's a completely different kind of topic to talk about. I'm talking about more like how to respond to your friend and how to really bring them to Jesus. So I hope that y'all can kind of see that. And I just hope that this kind of challenges you today and gets you excited for um, just the friendships that you have and for the kind of friend that you can become. And I hope that this just helps you walk a little bit closer to the kind of friend that Jesus was. Um, And so anyways, I love y'all. I hope y'all have a great day. And I'm so thankful to be in this together with y'all.